0: But they don't know Perry Jones. He receives his orders from not them, not for the BLM, or any of the other activists that came out very strong against us, but from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he hasn't given up on the homeless, and neither have we. So you pray for us because we're still in their face. We need that, we need that addition. And we have most of the money to put it up. We just know that God is going to have to move the mayor's heart and some others. But the county legislators and the county Executive likes us because we don't charge anybody in the government for anything. We are totally funded privately. Wouldn't take their money, shouldn't take their money, haven't taken their money. We just, it's not what we do. So you keep praying for us that way so that we get that straightened around. Meanwhile, the Catholic diocese just shut down their women's, their women's, Emergency shelter, and they're getting ready to shut down their men's emergency shelter. That's 40 people. And we have destined and decided that we would take as many of those 40 as we possibly can. Because it gives me a chance to love them, minister to them. And when you're watching a chapel like ours with every seat full and 140 people every night, many of them have heard the gospel, but many of them have not. And I'm thrilled. I have all these preachers all over the Capital Region. They're making sure that every single night they're prepared, they're there, they're, they're, they're showing the love of God, but that is worth it all, that we have gospel meeting every night for for 73 years that the mission has been there, and we haven't missed a night. We need to, to share the gospel. We do many other things. We do emergency shelter, we also do what we call recovery shelter for one year, and then we do emergent—excuse uh, me a transitional shelter when you have your own apartment or your own room. And th- that's the most productive time. 75% of everybody that makes the transition makes full independent moves into the community because you've walked with them, you've loved them, you've given stuff, you've hooked them up with a pastor in a local church, and so as you look at that, you'll know, thank you, Lord. But you can pray for us this way, you know, with knowledge, the fact that the city mission is at the zenith of what it's been doing for the homeless and also been maligned by more people than I can tell you. But it's okay. And my name has been uh, (laughs) used in ways that I never thought it would be used. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Our Lord Jesus Christ told me one day, he said, you know, I bore your reproach. He told me in my heart. I bore your reproach, the reproach of your sin, the reproach of your rebellion from God, my Father. I I bore all that to Calvary. But you're bearing reproach for the homeless that they can't bear, but you can bear for them. And I said, yes, Lord, and it's our privilege to do that for the Lord. And so today I decided we would look at a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 2, and you just had it read, so, Father, bless our time in the Word today. Oh, we wait on you, Lord, and that's what it's about. We're waiting on you, and we pray, dear Lord, that we will wait with dignity and devotion and with expectancy and with spiritual power from your Word. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I call it Simeon's faithful waiting for Jesus, because he was one... I look out here and I see a lot of young people. Praise the Lord for you, young people. Keep at it. Keep waiting on the Lord. Keep waiting for what he will do through you. Keep waiting on his very person. Love him. But I also see some white hairs and gray hairs out there. Okay, you probably, many of you have been waiting on the Lord for many years. Keep waiting. He's coming. And when he comes, he will not delay. (laughs) And so, thank you, Lord. But Simeon was one of those old gray-haired guys, kind of. He waited for God's timing. And that's hard for us to do sometimes, isn't it? When God says, wait, it's harder than when he says, okay, go ahead, do it, do it, do it, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to help you with that, and in your heart, you know that he sent me out to do something. But other times, he he has you waiting, in a waiting pattern. Not doing nothing, but waiting on him. And that's where we find this man, We wait for many things. Young people wait for birthdays and presents. They wait for school to be out. They wait for driver's licenses. They wait to get out of school and first dates and college. And adults wait for careers and marriage and kids and jobs and job advancement and vacations, inheritances, retirement, grandkids. And then when life finds us old and ailing, sometimes I hear some of the saints I know of saying, I'm waiting for death. I'm waiting when Jesus is going to take me home. Why doesn't he take me home? (laughs) I've heard that a lot. He is going to take you home. But the believer has the blessing. Everyone in this room, you have the blessing of waiting to see Jesus, your Redeemer and Savior. Whether we see him in death or whether we see him as he comes again for the rapture, which I'm looking for more and more each day. Thank Gonna hear that old music calling us home. The beautiful music today, thank you for that. Uh, Because you need good music in these days. There's a lot of bad music, but you need good music. The Bible says in Philippians three twenty, our citizenship is in heaven. And I'd say that. That's my greatest citizenship. I'm a citizen of heaven because of the blood of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have a home. I have a place. I am a citizen of heaven. And you need to rejoice in that citizenship. It's greater than your U.S. citizenship. It's greater than any other citizenship you can have had on this earth. It says we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is coming. Sometimes I look around this earth and what I'm seeing in downtown, what I'm seeing in the hearts of people, and I know that it would be wonderful to see him sooner than later, waiting for him. Well, Simeon is in this waiting period, but J- Joseph and Mary were too. The Bible says, when the fullness of time had come in Galatians 4.4, 4, that God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that he might... Re- that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so Mary and Joseph were waiting for their son to be born. And in that time, she was being made fun of and being maligned. And yet she waited, and of course, you know what happened. She laid her firstborn son in a manger. And then they waited for a few days, and at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before... Before he was even conceived in the the womb, the name Jesus means Jehovah saves. He is our Savior. He is the one who saved us from hell itself, the one who had saved us from an eternity away from God, paying for our sins by just being alienated from Him. Jesus did that for us. And then they waited 40 more days, 40 days for a boy for purification for this precious woman, this precious young teenage woman and her little son. And then they would bring him and present him to the Lord to offer a sacrifice, to dedicate him to the Lord. And he even would pay a tax for the firstborn male, five shekels, to redeem him from Levitical service. And now he is before that. And that's where we find him today in this passage. He has come into the temple with Mary... And with Joseph, for purification of Mary, and then also for the dedication of their son to the Lord. He is now the Lord, and of course, praise the Lord. And that's waiting. Everybody's been waiting. Mary's been waiting. Joseph has been waiting. In a sense, Jesus has been waiting in that very childlike state. Simeon has been waiting. He's in the temple. The Bible says there was a man named, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He was a layman, he was not a priest, but he spent most of his life waiting for Jesus. But you might say to yourself, how long have you been waiting for Jesus? Some of you in this room probably have probably been waiting a while. where well, you've known that Jesus lives in your heart, and the next thing that you really want to see in life and eternity is you want to see Jesus Christ. You want to hear his voice, you want to see him, you want to bless his holy name, and you've been praying, and you've been waiting. And that's where this man was. But while he was waiting, the Bible says that he was righteous, and devout. The Holy Spirit's leading this man. The Holy Spirit can't lead you, and you yield to him without those two things happening. First of all, you're righteous, and then you're devout or pious. Uh, First of all, righteous, not, not a belief in the fact that you're righteous and you're going to heaven by yourself, but I think it's just like what Abraham, he believed God. It was counted to him as righteousness, and God said, now that you've trusted me, And you put your faith in me, you are now holy before me, and your sins are forgiven. And that's what happens in Jesus Christ when you do that, when you wait on him. That beautiful thing. Jesus, Isaiah 53, it says, By his knowledge shall this righteous, or my righteous one, make many to be accounted righteous, for he shall bear their iniquities. Devout means that we are careful and sanctified. We're going to live for you, Lord. We're going to stay away from sin, get it forgiven, deal with our lives that way, and we're going to be devout. We're going to be righteous before you because of what you did, and we're going to put our faith in what you have done in salvation. But we're also now going to be uh, definitely ones who live for you. So what do you do when you're, when you're waiting for Jesus? Well, don't say nothing. That wouldn't be a good answer. When you're waiting for Jesus, no matter how long you think it's taken, you will live righteously. You will live devoutly. You will please him, trust him, so that when he does see you, he will say, well done. Well done. Long wait, I know. But while you were waiting, you served me. That's about the best, most beautiful thing a believer can be and do. And uh, waiting, waiting for this precious Savior, and he's faithful. Lord, keep us faithful. Sometimes, you know, when the master went away in one of the parables, everybody started doing what they wanted to do, and they came back. He found them not, well, not ready. Lord, help, help us to be ready. In verse 27 and following, he waited for Jesus in step with God's Spirit. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And while the parents brought in the child to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. In step with God's spirit. Of course, that goes hand in hand with living in a devout way. But he came into the temple while the parents brought in the child. Now you have to understand, there wasn't any choirs like you just sang. The Jews weren't expecting him. And they later would crucify him. So Jesus came, unannounced in a sense, and he came to the temple. Some believe that he, Mary was probably somewhere between 13 and 15 because that's when Jewish women had their children the quickest. That was what they did. And Joseph was not a whole lot older than that, if, if at all much older. So you got a couple teenagers, and I came in and I saw a bunch of teenagers here today. Praise the Lord for you. I'm glad to see you're here. I'm glad to see you've gotten an early start on serving the Lord. Good thing. But Simeon's an old guy. He probably walks like me. I'm just about, you know, I'm climbing 70, you know, but I'm thinking, okay, where'd that eight come from? Where'd that come from? Why, why am I not doing that? You know. And my wife asked to say, well, you're getting older. (laughs) Well, Simeon, what were you doing? I don't know where he was, but I can just, I can feel the fact that the Holy Spirit taps him. Hey, hey, it's time. What you have been waiting for, you have been promised by God himself that you would not die until you saw him. The salvation of the Lord. He's here. Get up, old guy. Take your two leave tablets and it's time. (laughs) And I'm sure his heart raced like it had never raced before. When the Holy Spirit of God said, Get up, they're in the temple right now. They're there for dedication. Nobody notices these two little teenagers there. But when you know, when you see them, everything I told you will come true. And I'm waiting for Jesus that day. Some of us. Wait, maybe more expectingly for him. But well, he's coming. And when he comes, every eye shall see him. Everybody, all the believers coming forth to heaven, raptured from here and knowing that they forever will be with their Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what we want. So he came into the temple. He took himself down. Wow. He came in. He saw them there. There was nothing to see. What, what was there to see? Very, just basically clothed guys, and a guy and gal. Nothing fancy, no big robes, no big treasures. Probably hardly had enough money to eat that day. And they're there in front of him. And he came over and he saw him. Nobody else saw him. Just remember this. The whole world wasn't looking for him. When you come on a bunch of people and then wherever you're, Your family, or in your workplace, or other places, and they aren't, Jesus is not the thing on their heart. They're not looking for him, they're not expecting him, they aren't worried about him. But you, in your heart, always have your eye on home. He's coming, and I'm going to wait for you when you come. I am going to sing hallelujah. But they were nobody around there, but Simeon knew there they are. That's my Savior, precious child who had just been born. And he took him up in his arms and blessed God. He said, Lord, there he is. And they gave up their little child, and he had him. Praise the Lord. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel and Simeon knew the whole world. He's a worldwide savior. not just Jewish. But a light will turn on in the Gentile world like never before. I'm glad for that light, aren't you? (laughs) Still shining. My, My grandfather, Christos Nicolopoulos, and my grandma... Christina uh, Chaponikas Christina Nikolopoulos were from Corinth, Greece. And in Corinth, Greece, a light went on. And I'm thankful. In the darkness of all their gods and all the nastiness that they had been involved with, a light now is on earth for Gentiles. And you and I have the privilege to take that light to this whole area. And I have the privilege of people coming to us constantly. And to tell them about Jesus, and never ever have a day pass when we're not doing that. That's our goal as a rescue mission, and we're watching it happen. We we have increased our women's facilities. We have a now not just a women's emergency shelter and a women's recovery shelter, but we also have a women's shelter where people, where women who are just outside during the day getting in trouble can come in and sit in our in our place. And we're where the men are. We, we've se- finally got it, so we separate that. That would been good. <laughs> I'm thankful, God, that we can do that. Lord, mine eyes have seen your salvation. And that's where he is. He's waited for Jesus, and he's finally found him. I think on the day in which you and I meet Jesus Christ, whether it's by death for in heaven has come down and glory has filled my soul. It will be the day of days for you. It will be the culmination of everything you are. There will have been nothing else in this earth or coming that will be more important than your meeting Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Now I'm waiting. Sometimes I think it's going kind to of be easier uh, sooner than later. Uh-oh, we're in big trouble. He waited for Jesus while he warned of his importance. Because he had a message to go along with the waiting, Timmy, Now, we're waiting for Jesus, but we're, not do- we're just not waiting, hopefully you're not, waiting and doing nothing. Yes, you're living for him, but there's people that need to know the importance of his coming the importance of Jesus Christ is to their soul. They need to know it. They don't know it. This earth is, there's two Ds, and it's not the DD of a, a degree. There's two Ds that we're doing in this culture over and over again. I see it on the streets. I see it everywhere. I see it with all this opposition that has come against us in the last year. Some of it hideous. Some of it, where the council vice president of our common council Albany said to us, Get your mission and get out. We don't want you here. You bring the wrong people here. We don't want you here. Go somewhere else. Go into an industrial district where we don't have to see you. I'm thinking, okay, so you're the president of the common council. I couldn't have scripted that before. But aren't you glad I don't serve the common council president? I serve the Lord Jesus Christ and as far as I'm concerned, that, that's where we do it. And this, this situation here is, he, Simeon says, I want to tell you something. You need to warn, take the importance of Jesus out, because here he said, and to his father and mother, they marveled what was said about him. He blessed them and said to Mary, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed the sword will pierce through your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary and Joseph, they're teenagers. They're 13 to 15. They are overwhelmed. <laughs> they can't comprehend all this, but it will come about as they go on and as she grows and moves and as Mary has to change her heart and mind about him, it'll be okay. He is the dividing point of the human race the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that will be opposed. Some will trust him, and some will not. That's the way it is. He's the dividing line. And when you come into a group, and you see a guy says, I don't want to hear that. You have another person that's listening. He may not have bought into Christ yet, but he's listening. I see that happening all the time. I've been preaching a lot more lately at chapel. And as I am, I'm engaging. You can see I'm a disengaged person. But I, I engage them. And as I engage them, I'm watching. Some are like, mm-hmm. and others, man, they're on the edge of their chair. They've had enough of the no- nonsense of this life. They've had enough of crack and fentanyl and illicit behavior and all kinds of other things that have gone nowhere. You see, maybe there is something in what he's saying. And that this Savior can do something about my life. And that's what we have to be about. We can't worry about what's going on in the activist world or who says what about you or anything. You will stay focused on Jesus Christ. He, some will fall. Herod tried to kill him, but wise men worshipped him. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed and committed suicide. One thief blasphemed later. And one thief was saved. Pilate crucified him reluctantly as a coward. But then the centurion at the cross looked up and said, truly, he's the son of God. And he opened his heart to that confession. I'm thinking, Lord, there's going to be some that are going to be divided. He is a dividing line. This side to Christ and the other side will do their thing. And we have to expect that. But don't let it throw you Because he didn't call us to be thrown. He called us to understand and get on. He's a sign. He himself is the sign. This way to salvation. This way to salvation. But men love their sins. And they love their darkness. They refuse the light. He said, it will be opposed. So don't get all stirred up about it. People won't want him because they 're in their sin, and they 're in their darkness and they 're not going to, but many have come i 'm watching people that our newsletter out there has this little lady that came to faith in Christ and has she 's just one of those ones that decided it was i 'm done being done, being done and done and done and done and she said i 'm going to turn from all that mess i 'm coming to faith and, and we 're watching that happen i 'm watching people literally. In that room, which I'm used to, you know, people saying, "Hey, Barry, you don't know what you're talking about. Why don't you shut up?" You know, you know, people who say stupid things to you while you're preaching. You know, but I'm not getting that right now. I'm not getting that sourness. I'm getting people who are homeless and needy, knowing that we need to listen, and I've been refreshed by that. I'm thinking, Lord, you got their attention, didn't you? (laughs) He said, "Yep, we did." Keep preaching. The Bible says Mary would suffer extreme sorrow. Watching him pull away from her was hard enough. What is that to you, woman? He would say. I must be about my father's business. But he also, she would go through Calvary and she'd watch her son die. And she'd watch all that and the burying. But then she would also see him come forth from the tomb. And she would be with those in the upper room. There's no middle ground when it comes to Christ. I've never seen it. If there is any, I've never seen it. Surrendering your life to him, making him your savior. I believe he died for you. That he paid the price of all your sin. And I'm assuming that many in this room know that. And have already received him. Our world is troubled. Our citizenship is in heaven. And someday we're going to talk to people who we led to Christ, and they're going to be up in glory. They say, you know, I'm here because you gave a witness. Jesus saved me. He paid for my sins, but you told me that message. Very vital. Because he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord will award me on that day and not only to me but to all who have loved and longed for his appearing. I'm saying, Lord, I'm longing for it. If you're uncommitted to Christ today, trust him as your Lord and Savior. There's only one way God has given for your sins to be forgiven so you're not, you're not consigned somewhere else called the lake of fire and to have your sins forgiven to receive Jesus Christ, to believe he's the son of God, that he died for you, and you receive him into your heart. It's a faith act. It just says, I don't understand all of it, but today, Jesus, with every bit of faith I muster, I believe you're my savior, come in and live in my soul. And I make that decision today freely on my own. If you haven't done that, do it today before you leave this room. What you believe about Christ and your response to him by faith, will control your eternal destiny. That's how important it is. Simeon, he knew how important this Savior was. He says he's the dividing point of all history. He's the sign pointing to heaven. If you don't believe him, you will be lost for all eternity. And that was what he was there. And those, that young couple, they thought, wow. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Nothing I've said to you today is uh, more important than turning your heart to faith in Christ and waiting for him with devoutness, waiting for him with a purpose to say, I'm not just waiting. I'm preparing a world to invite him into their lives so that when he does come, I'll have done what he asked me to do. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this north country, this big northern area where it snows first and the snow sticks still last and where things seem to be real cold but yet there are many up here that need christ and i pray dear lord you'll send armies of people from this church out to them and continue to tell them how wonderful a savior is that they can wait for him and waiting for him is not futile it's not useless But it is Jesus Christ in their souls. And if you're here today and you say, Jesus, enter my heart by faith. Save me. You're God's son. You rose forever to save sinners. And I just pray, dear Lord, you'll be my Lord and Savior today. I give you my heart. If you do that, do that. But Lord, help us out this week as we go to a lost world who has defied and denied. They defy you and they deny you those two Ds that I talked about, Lord, but, Lord, that they would now uphold you and come to you and ask for you. We have a lot of work to do, Jesus. You are awesome, and we love you. Thank you, Savior. In Christ's name we pray, dear Lord, amen.
1: Sorry, tremendous message. You just heard a testimony of a faithful life, um, and I just am so, so thankful that, despite all of the opposition, God has moved Perry to continue, Perry and Sue to continue to work for Him to lead others to Christ. And I just want to take some time to pray um, to thank the Lord his faithfulness, but also to encourage us to be faithful. I know with me, if I didn't have people discipling me since the time I accepted Christ at 13, I don't know where I would be. But I've had faithful people that have ministered to me, and I'm, I'm sure many of you could stand and say the same thing. So I'm just praying that those who know Christ here will believe that Christ can work despite the opposition out there, and don't give up. Stand for him. So Let me just pray for Perry and Sue and the rest of us that we can be faithful mm. stewards of what God has given us. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the message today. Thank you for Simeon. I thank you for just the history we see of your power in the lives of many, Lord. And, Lord, yes, there's lots of opposition today from people we'd expect not to get opposition for. Yet, Lord, you're faithful, and you work in us. And I want to thank, thank you, you so much for the ministry of the mission, Lord, and the way these past 40 years thank you, Jesus. you've you've drawn so many people to, to Christ. But I thank you so much to Perry and Sue and the people they work with have been faithful, haven't given up, and just continue to spread the word. Help us, Lord, mm. to be faithful. Help us to be strong. Help us to remember what we've heard today and what we hear again and again from the faithful, mm. that you are faithful, Lord, Lord Jesus. and we need to trust you. So be with us, I pray.
0: Mm.
1: Be with us as we sing the final song today and as we go forth to serve, Lord. Christmas is a great time to share Christ with others. Mm. Pray that we'll see that this Christmas and really seek to share what Christ is doing in our lives with others, Lord. Amen. And those who don't know you, Lord, that are here today, just speak to them, draw them to yourself, I pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.